Welcome to Hashtag Wolves in the fourth episode of the season. I'm your host, Noah, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Will in the Wolvesden. How are we doing? It is a great day to be a Timberwolves podcaster, and I'm very excited. Noah, how are you? Uh, marginal. Looking back, not so great, but looking forward, excited. Yeah, good. We will kind of explain all of these emotions over the course of the pod, because what we have for you today is a pretty packed episode, I would say. We're breaking down the big Jimmy Butler trade. Also covering the week of 0-4 on the road against Western Conference teams. So that was uh, last Sunday against the Blazers, Monday against the Clippers, Wednesday against the Lakers, and Friday against the Kings. We dropped all those games, so we're going to be kind of recapping those pretty rapid fire and going into our thoughts after the fact. But we did not want to bury the lead. We're going to start off with the big news over the weekend. We have traded our shooting guard, Jimmy Butler, to the Philadelphia 76ers. The full details of the trade per, I'm going to guess Woj kind of broke this one, or do you want to take credit? Like I think NBA memes was the original source (laughs) I saw on Instagram for for myself. Gotcha. (laughs) Well, it was either that or The Onion. I think that's all I've got on Instagram. So Area man goes to Philadelphia. Yeah, wow, that's a hot, hot headline. Um, The 76ers receive Jimmy Butler. They were kind of in the mix earlier in the season with the trade talks. We also sent them Justin Patton. And what we get back, we being the Wolves, uh, is uh, Robert Covington, Dario Saric, Jared Bayless, and 2022 second round pick. So, Noah, what are your thoughts kind of off the top of your head? Any research? Research-wise, if we're just looking at, like you were talking about earlier, in a vacuum, not even putting in a term for the the drama or anything, Jimmy, according to 538, is worth 8.3 wins this year, Saric, 2.2, and Covington, 5.2. So numbers-wise, we lose exactly a win, theoretically, but Saric is younger than Jimmy. Covington isn't really trending down yet. I think Jimmy has the, the sharpest trend just as he gets older. Mm-hmm. So I think that even mathematically isn't even that bad and considering what you you kind of have to get rid of jimmy with your back against the wall right right you swung something when the other team had a ton of leverage if the sixers say no we're not going to give you this person you kind of have to listen it's like go somewhere else like every every team knows about your issues so like right good luck so i i think while it doesn't feel like a totally exciting trade especially since what you're trading someone who has eight hole wins contained in them for like two other people so it kind of gets broken up into less superstar value i would say yep i think there's a lot there and jerry bayless is like he's literally classified as a scrub on 538 but Mm -hmm. just to have what three guys for one and then a little bit of the future element with 2022 second round pick i don't really i consider that like zero wins right it's right. kind of a replacement level or trending towards replacement level player yeah you're gonna get like a g league player way down the line two-way contract but i mean maybe you roll the dice and it turns out great right like it's nice just to have bodies i guess yeah and then plus the depth element of having these guys and wiggins being able to play his like true role i think we're already at like a fair trader or even just a net positive from the view of the wolves you know it could be a win-win for both right yeah, there's no doubt the Sixers probably improve in their eyes. And honestly, I think given our situation, no one should doubt that we're improving, especially with Jimmy's past week. 
It's interesting because the Sixers have two young stars, kind of like the Wolves when they acquired Jimmy, and they're sort of accelerating their window forward, it seems. Mm-hmm. I think they had higher expectations than their start in the East, and they're kind of feeling the pressure with the Celtics, the Raptors, the Bucks, and took a big swing. With that big swing comes a little bit of the same risk that I guess just the Wolves had with the fact that Jimmy's a free agent regardless next year. And they they also they said it's like the way they kind of silver lining it up was to say that they need to check on Jimmy's behavior mm-hmm. and his body. Like it's kind of a weird phrase to use, but check him out physically just to see if he can last for five years on a contract or something, right? Kind of a mind, body, and soul. Sort yeah, of thing. you got to start thinking about like the right side of the normal curve and maybe the right side of Jimmy's brain. So. Yes, exactly. So they'll get all of his chakras checked out, but on our end. What can we kind of expect from these new guys, Noel? Like, walk me through their game and Dario sort of as a Euro stretch four. Mm-hmm. He's been knocking down some good shots. Covington, Covington 3D, 3D is, yep. is a all the time. Yep, for sure. Jared Bayless, like you said, probably should not come off the bench in the least, but... No, I, I, we don't know enough about him, but got some age on him, some years under him in the NBA, so maybe there's a sort of a locker room element. But regardless, it's not Jimmy Butler in there, yep. so I don't... <laughs> well, yeah, the air is kind of cleared at this point, so I think a huge value of the trade is just getting a bad personality out of the locker room, and now the onus is kind of on Wiggins and Towns to be the stars. I mean, and- especially Towns. Yes. And I think there's some good kind of pressure, because Jimmy's gone, so that's just a total net positive when you're specifically talking about Towns, but... Also, it, it, there's some pressure now to just be like the outright leader and franchise person of the organization. You have your max contract. You've got your years locked in. Like You sort of get your base down. It's time to step it up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've got a couple other sort of rapid fire questions for you. So this was kind of coming up on Twitter. It wasn't too long ago that we had like Levine and Dunn and Rubio and sort of like a whole different regime. Would you have traded that package of guys for one year of the playoffs and Sarich and Covington? It's kind of a it's kind of a big stretch swing, but you know, Reddit was very hot this weekend, Twitter was hot, and I want to bring that into this video. Yeah, I'm not like per se calling your question lame, but I just think it's so hindsight yeah that I, don't, I don't even think it's really that fair so no i probably wouldn't have especially when you see levine doing what he's doing every night mm-hmm. and then we got a one-year rental for a guy that hates our guts yep and got to see us get slapped in the playoff i, I don't know how i could sit here and say no i don't want rubio who was everyone loved him mm-hmm. it sounds like levine was a great guy and other things like that so honestly and then like dunn's obviously a bonus too so Yes, this is the short answer yeah, to your question. I think, but. I think you'd do it again in a heartbeat. Like hi- Hindsight is twenty twenty, but if you have the opportunity to get a star like Jimmy Butler, you do that. And that's kind of what the Sixers are doing right now. And now we get their players back. We're kind of the Sixer Bulls. Yeah, and I think in the, when you're in like the state of where you you have no choice, right? Like in that state of, like you said, we have this chance to get the star and bring all mm-hmm. the hype in. And then who knows what Levine, Rubio those guys would there be some weird chemistry that we just don't know about like there's unknowns that we're just not able to test without actually executing this experiment so i just think there's i think it's a classic twitter question and it's a fun one but i don't think there's much more we can really so two other two other classic twitter questions for you here um do you know if dario likes prince 
And does he look good in kind of pinkish purple? Because that's pretty significant. We'll have to see. Yeah, we will have yeah. to figure that out. Maybe maybe you could come on the pod to discuss. The other thing is, what are your thoughts on Justin Patton leaving? Because for me personally, I would say, <laughs> folks, I would say that I haven't seen a Patton this disrespected since uh, the end of Patton, which Noah, as you know, was a 1970s award-winning biopic about General Patton. Are you familiar at all? I can't just can't say I am. Yeah. Well, the the really interesting thing too is, uh, do you know who succeeded General Patton uh, after the Allied occupation of Germany? I don't. General Soreness. <laughs> so it's going to be quite clear that this is at the bottom of our notes, and I did not see it until like a minute before, so there I, wasn't any uh, ability of mine to, to stop this before. I inserted a couple page breaks so that Noah wouldn't, Noah wouldn't steal my joke. So I don't think that was the danger. Feel free. Feel free to use that one wolves fans. But, uh, that's my big takeaway is, uh, Justin Patton is out of Minnesota and we also dealt Jimmy Butler too. So now that we kind of got the trade all wrapped up, should we go into the week of games? Oh, and four, it was, it was pretty rough Western conference road trip. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I think anyone who just looks at the scores kind of gets the gist of it. And I don't, I honestly don't have too much to say because when you just play that bad, like we've discussed before, there isn't really any like film to break down unless you want to break down like people dribbling off their feet or something. Yep. The loss by 30 to Portland. Obviously, Wolves Reddit was just a super hot dumpster fire because it was probably peaking about like the Jimmy stuff mm-hmm. and you're losing by 30. So th- things just were not great. Towns, sort of the, the one silver lining this whole week was Towns. I think the narrative you would write with a small sample size, you can't actually test this, is that Towns was able to ignore Jimmy, or maybe he knew something we didn't about a trade. Probably he kind of stepped through, up, yeah. It felt like Jimmy was like gone or like mm-hmm. being phased out, especially in retrospect, obviously. But Wigan 17 as well. So it's nice to see like the two future primetime Wolves step up in that game but but otherwise there really isn't much to talk about besides the blazers playing really well with five blazers and double figures honestly i think jim pete ran out of things to say too as we all know he does his top five at some point in the game and it was donut shops but that was for about 10 minutes and then him and dave ben's got into just totally like genuine guys having beers conversation about how jim's really happy that he's lost 30 pounds so wow good for him yeah so i think it if i had a stopwatch it probably been about 15 minutes where they there wasn't oh wiggins to the layup it was just complete conversation over the game i'm sure marnie gellner was in their ear kind of like hey this is Get not ease. good like you need to stretch this out as much as possible but as far as just my impressions of the game, first of all, this was a late game. All of these, all of these games were late this week. So yeah, it. Will took some well-deserved PTO from the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got a lot of first-half impressions of this game, and then Noah's going to kind of take over on the second half. But Blazers, big three, Nurkic, Lillard, and CJ kind of killed us. And then, like you said, the five players in double figures. It was just. I think it was you know, like robots. each matchup just bodied you, right? Yeah, like there wasn't. There's nothing you could have really done at that point in the game kind of like jim pete and those donuts yeah or resisting Can't those resist. donuts uh so as always this season at least uh rebounds rebounds like 40.5 percent offensive rebound percentage for the trailblazers yeah that's, that's just insane like you don't you don't see that that often basically you're just not boxing out and you're sort of randomizing who gets the ball mm-hmm. and then portland also got to the line 33 on 33 percent of their field goal attempts which is also a super high percentage so 
yeah, it it was just sort of was the theme of so far this year. We lost for the same reasons, I guess, as we have been. Right, and if they're, it kind of points to a combination of if they're attacking the basket and getting to the free throw line, and also getting offensive boards. It's like you know what's not going Do well you for need the to Blazers. Say the score, right, right, yeah. So then, looking forward, we carry all that momentum to a back-to-back game against the Clippers, which was a little bit closer, but the Wolves lose one hundred nine to one twenty. A couple impressions from this game. It was another kind of forgettable one, like you said, Towns. 20 and 12, so he sort of stepped up, even though Butler was still playing and played solid. Butler had 20 and Rose had 21, so he continues to play pretty well. One of the other big things that I noticed in the uh, parts of the game that I did get to see was that Towns was being guarded by Danilo Gallinari for a while, which was like, get Carl the ball. Mm -hmm. And the Wolves just, they don't like feed one of the better post scores in the nba and it sort of baffles me yeah and i do want to say one thing that you can only get from watching the game is uh cat was just like really excited and he kind of came out hot in the first half and i think continued the energy that we saw this week from him so good news on that front he did have some stupid fouls but i'll take that when cats being like scrappy and i guess engaged upbeat rose hype it feels like in the first quarter he always hits like the first three shots of the game Mm -hmm. and so it leads to the whole the hype around it it helps when you take the first seven shots of the game <laughs> yeah honestly but the clippers just couldn't miss especially in the second quarter when i was watching and i felt like we were playing i felt like we played a great first half but we truly got outplayed mm-hmm. like what if you go zero and four it's not much of a consolation but maybe one of the two of those games like the team outplayed you even though you played great and i think this actually might have been one of these games there were even a couple, though the score doesn't reflect yeah it. there were a couple of close games like we got off to a rough start with the blazers but this game was closer. The LA one was closer. And I, I just want to defend myself on the uh, falling asleep thing. You know how some people count sheep? Yeah. I was counting wolves losses this week, and it just kind of knocked me right out. You fell oh, asleep at like six. Yeah, 0-1, oh 0-2, oh and, and then I was knocked out. So I mentioned the LA, the Los Angeles Lakers game was a little bit closer you want to kind of jump into the D Rose hype on that one? Yeah, honestly, again, I think both the LA games were they were really exciting to watch. Obviously, it's not great to lose, but lose the Lakers by four after we had an exciting game against them back at home. LeBron's always a great, great time. So it it was honestly a great game to to watch. I enjoyed it. D Rose continued his hype. Jimmy just eh, it got got twenty four, but. I just, I, I just feel like his energy has changed in this last week. I don't feel like it was on par with what was going on before. But D Rose five for seven from three is kind. Of, it was the big headline of the game and all mm-hmm. the hype. I mean, you can't really ignore it, even if you think he's inefficient or something, or wasn't in the past, or if he's going to revert to the mean for the time being. You sort of have to respect what he's done in these last two weeks, and it was a good sort of this headline canceling out Butler things, I yeah. feel like. Yeah, it was nice to have something else sort of step up and take the attention off of that for a little while. And if he's shooting threes, sort of go nuts. I don't want him to be the only focal point of the offense, but if he can go into Staples Center yeah. and have a great game, that's And one awesome. area where I'm willing to sort of look past inefficiency or people not shooting well or taking bad shots is when they're able to stretch the floor when they previously weren't. Mm-hmm. So if you're just a guy who's addicted to being in the lane and you somehow find a way to make a passable percentage of outside shots the floor is really going to open up i mean i think the nba has obviously seen that because the percentage of threes increases every every single year for like the last five years Mm -hmm. and there's no indication that it's going to stop 
especially with scoring increasing. Like it's kind of if it's proving itself. <laughs> right. A couple other interesting things from this game. There was a little bit of Butler drama with him like playing defense with his hand down the side of his pants. Did I don't even really have a that? comment. It's just weird. I, I saw it. But yeah, I, I don't. Like, it seemed like a goofy Jimmy know what thing. That is. <laughs> when you were playing high school basketball, did your coach ever use the metaphor like get up in the guy's shorts, like you know, play really really close? Jimmy must have just been like get up in his own shorts or something. He got V confused in that moment. Uh, the other thing, Towns was kind of put on a meme for the Lakers game. He He'll was trying, that. yeah, he was trying to back down Tyson Chandler, who Who's just a got thick boy. Up. Yeah, and Tyson was having none of that action, and it was not a good look for Carl. So uh, he kind of struggled in this game, but that's where Rose sort of stepped up in his place. And then on to Sacramento. Yeah, then to close out the week, the Wolves get their fourth loss at the hands of the Sacramento Kings. Uh, this one was 110 to 121. The Kings are solid. I want to say they're yeah. seven and six right now. And Deer and Fox is playing a whole lot better. Marvin Bagley's solid. And Belly was sixth or seventh in four one point a few games ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By that metric, a top 10 player in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. And I was really interested to see how he would do outside of Minnesota with an increased role. And it seems like the Kings really love him. Do you miss him? I do. I, I actually like. I always liked him. It seemed like a. He seemed like he cared. I guess. Yeah, um, made made the right element. play. And and there was a lot of hype around him when he just kind of came out of nowhere for a bit and had some high scoring games. I, I think he was fans liked him. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think it's crazy that how it ended up, right? Yeah. But it's nice to see how the Kings are using him and <laughs> wish him all the best and that type of stuff. Yeah, I don't want to typecast European players but it will be interesting to see if Saric can sl- kind of slide in as like a stretch four who's not super athletic but makes the right play you know I don't think he's a great playmaker I was reading like some 76ers on Reddit posting 76ers fans here's what you can expect from these players mm. just really sort of interesting like NBA fan crosstalk but this was a game where Carl really succeeded he had a Super awesome stat line, 39 and 19. Rose played well again with 21, and Butler almost had a triple double, but played 41 minutes and was and wasn't kind of, too happy about. It. Yeah, and I think at that point Tibbs was like, "All right, you can come at all of my young stars and schedule Rachel Nichols, but you do not talk about how much I play my starters." And then dealt him. So, and on the King side, Willie Cauley Stein, former teammate of Towns, right? Yeah. At Kentucky. That is a scary man, too. Yeah. Like he, he just looks aggressive. He's got a very interesting look. He had 25, and De'Aaron Fox had 16 and 10. So, like I said, Kings kind of all their role players, I think, got a year better and are now uh, pretty solid early in the Western It reminds conference. me of sort of what the headline or like thoughts around the Wolves always used to be. Nothing really changes, but you see guys get a year better or something. Right. Um, obviously, we're not in that position anymore with all these mix-ups now, but... I don't know. Good to see. They weren't projected at all to be this good. So see if they can keep it up. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So that's kind of the week, and it lands us at 0-4 over this stretch. A couple things that I would point out. You touched on the rebounding. Continues to be a big issue for the Timberwolves. I mean, worse than NBA. Yeah. Yeah. So a big, big issue for the Timberwolves. No Jeff Teague. I think some of the stuff this week, all the Jimmy stuff and some of the D-Rose hype, has sort of overshadowed the fact that like hey we're still missing one of our solid starters a really good player on this team and it's a common thing to say but when you have these young guys i think there's just a lot of more variance so at some point you need a guy who can come in and score 10 to 15 
when it's needed. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And on a consistent basis where a Kogi, you know, you could get five, you could get 20. I feel like that the, the normal curve is a little wider with him. Yep. So I think you need to sort of ground yourself, especially when you're on this road trip. So yeah. someone like Teague is exactly what you need, I guess, in these situations. And we didn't have him. And our starting lineup last year was so solid. Like there was such a distinction between how our bench played and how our starters played and when our starters performed well and Teague just seemed to be one of those guys where you couldn't quite capture why we would win when he played well but it felt like he was like the third or fourth best player every game so yeah he he never kind of got brought up into like your notes of the game right Mm -hmm. and he he was just incredibly consistent so I'm not sure actually I didn't look into it all when he's going to get back but with D Rose playing like this and now Jared Bayless in town we'll see if he can scratch back into the lineup once he's back yeah I think honestly it was a good week for us to do some experiments not only got in I, I can't remember which game like there was just stuff like that where Mm-hmm. People got minutes, and now when you're bringing, you're trading away one guy, and you're bringing in three, right. you know that's going to change up. So it's probably good for Tibbs just to see minutes on these guys, mm-hmm. and then probably better able to formulate a depth chart. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how the rotations shake out. Honestly, this week would have been super miserable without the trade. I would think to talk about just because we would still be really worried about all the Jimmy stuff and. The Wolves had some close games, but did not play well. You need to win these games because right now we are one of the bottom two teams in the West. We're only better than the Suns, even though it's early in the season. Yeah, 22nd SRS, which again is margin of victory adjusted for strength of schedule. It's like 22nd. We had the 22nd best season. I don't think people would say we're the 22nd best team because Mm -hmm. I think we're going to revert to sort of where people have had us at. But we're performing. Yeah, like looking back, that's how we performed. Gotcha. And as we noted kind of pre-show chatting about this, strength of schedule does adjust for how good the teams you're playing are. So <laughs> Will, want, Will wanted to just, you know, make that clear with the saver metrics. Yeah, exactly. It's just nice to double check that you know exactly what's going on. So we've had the hardest schedule of the year. So like I know in our next five to ten games, things change up a bit and we're sort of playing... If you added up the records, I think it, I think pretty sure it's below 500. So I think mm-hmm. we'll have an opportunity to bring these new guys in, get them comfortable with the system and everything. Fire experiment. Tibs. Oh, fire tips. <laughs> yeah, like pretty you know easily standard stuff. And then <laughs> and then push through and do like a six and four type thing. You know what I mean? Just right. kind of get back to your bearings. Yeah, for sure. So the, I mean, there's reason for optimism, or more more so just not hitting the panic button before the big trade went through. I don't want to frame like everything around that, but I did hear a lot of buzz about Duke, Kentucky. And I was like, Zion would look pretty, pretty oh, good. And- no, 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 no. He, he looks great. He looks great. But the tanking stuff, I just morally, I can't get behind i was looking up like the best players in the 2024 season like the eighth grade circuit's pretty good oh. i think we should take the long view on this and start to blow it up a five-year so, tanking plan yeah exactly i would it, i feel like it's one of those things like when you want your kid to take a nap you say like oh maybe we should you know set him down for a little nap it's like you don't say tank but tibbs and glenn are like maybe we should t-a-n-k like i'm not really <laughs> sure so um it got brought up just sort of in my head but mm-hmm. now i'm not i'm not fully pressing that button yet a good week for memes too i will say yeah so, yeah any any in particular that popped into your head or uh, i really really like more like meme is like a general term with like a, a topic like the whole markel fultz is about to just get yelled at every practice by jimmy that's gonna be like, interesting fix your shot yesterday <laughs> <laughs> 
So just a lot of clips of like little kids running away and Markel Fultz when Jimmy Butler walks in. So. It's going to be really interesting to see how that leadership dynamic works out. I wish Brian Colangelo was still tweeting because I would love to know his five when accounts. When does the NBA take. stop? You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you also said the this is fine meme kind of explains. Yeah, that was in partnership with the 28th in attendance. So I, on this list here that I put together is 30th in defensive rebound percentage, 25th in opponent efficient field goal percentage, 22nd in SRS, and then 28th in attendance. So I really, really uh, highlighted the Wolves' strengths this week. Gotcha. Do we want to touch on to the Timberwolves app? Which is which is nice, but the updates that they have after the game are so oh, it's not even propaganda. Like, yeah, it's not even like optimistic. No, but it just doesn't say the bad thing that happened. Like LeBron could go forty-two points, ten rebounds, and we lose to the Lakers by twenty-seven. And Towns with two steals tonight. Yep, yep. So when I was like waking up to see that we lost, it was like oh, least we, reliable news source. Yeah, exactly for the team (laughs) and it's created by them yeah exactly so get kind of get all your news here but i if they had a night where like the target center burned down you'd get a notification the next day like wolves looking to rebuild after a rough (laughs) friday night kind of bounce back on the road so wolves on fire (laughs) (laughs) exactly so thank god we have just a source of propaganda i guess to keep us grounded so it keeps me upbeat you know when it's like the happy wolves news or like The wholesome memes. (laughs) Right. Quickly, you said that we've got some easier games coming up. Who do we have this week to look forward to? To the Nets, Pelicans, and Blazers. I should check. Is the Blazers at home? Yeah, those are all home games. So, yeah. I mean, Anthony Davis, fun to watch. Blazers at home. Like, I'm not not nervous, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. I I think two and one would be a nice goal for the week. We're three and one at home. Noah and I are three and zero oh in the games that we go to. We skip the Bucks game, right? Yeah, and we're just scared of breaking the streak. Yeah, exactly. So um, we'll we'll let you know what, as our record continues as we keep making it to the game. So yeah, and so with that, I think that's all we have this week, right? And so if you're liking what you're listening to each week, it would re- we'd really appreciate it if you could just go give us a review on iTunes. If it happens to be a one star review. Don't hit submit. Just text us whatever you're going to say. Like, yep. we love feedback. We'll open up the inbox. Yeah. So hit subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe. Just gen- general activity around the pod would be greatly appreciated. Yeah. Cause we really do love hearing from the listeners that we know, seeing like where people listen from. It's really, Move up really and down awesome. the search results. It's a good time to follow like the metrics and stuff it's not you know our life but <laughs> well noah's being pretty humble too as our like podcast pro- i mean no one else is in this room you are being pretty humble as our podcast producer we have over two thousand listens and like, po- <laughs> i don't know like podcasters under 24 like a two-man team two thousand listens and zero rebounds before they're like third season of podcasting i think espn should be all over this is what i'm trying to say the forbes 24 under 24 of podcasters and zip code 554 i was gonna say in this area code relating to specifically the timberwolves so with that how how